0: this is the going in circles podcast hosted by horseman chuck simon to become a sponsor to suggest topics or for questions email going in circles podcast at gmail.com and log on to our facebook page going in circles podcast here's your host chuck simon
1: It's Monday. That means it's Big Monday. Big Barry's here. Barry, how are you? Hanging in there. It's Monday. It's big. The big news of the day in horse racing is Barry got a new air fryer.
0: Oh, yeah, buddy.
1: Made yes. Some, made Chicken some wings.
0: surprise tonight, bro.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a slow week in racing. Kind of a pre-breeders' cup uh, lull. But... Uh, the air fryer gets good, good high marks, huh? Absolutely, it's called the Big Boss too. That's even better. Yeah, comes with a good name like the George Foreman Grill. You know, <laughs> if it was named after like a lightweight, it just wouldn't have the same, right? Like the you Oscar know, De La Hoya. Cachet, grill. right? Like, see, not the same. No, not at all. But George Foreman, like, there's a guy you know would eat like four hamburgers and not even think right. anything of it. And punch you in the face. Exactly. <laughs> I think one of the most underrated weird things about any sports uh, star of the 20th century was George Foreman Like named all his kids George. Even the girls. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> it's, it just goes to show you, though, you spend your whole life trying to do something, become a huge success fail, get out, get back in, and you wind up making 95% of your money selling grills instead of boxing. It just goes to show you, you never know, right?
0: Well, it's true. I mean, you'd be on the, the Holyfield plan.
1: Well, the Mike Tyson bite the ear <laughs> off. Well, I, I, can't be- I can't believe Roy Jones and Mike Tyson are actually going to fight. It's like it's like if we took two stallions out of like, uh, you know, Hillendale Farm, and they were like curling, and uh, uh, we got uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, somebody else <laughs> out of stud duty and brought them back, they were big and heavy, and, and and had them race, It'd be like... Do you really want to see that? That's my thing. I, yeah, that's the The thing. curiosity
0: factor is very, very high on this this uh, fight, but I don't know
1: how good it could actually be. Exactly, unless like Tyson just completely
0: obliterates him in, in like ninety seconds. I
1: don't like know. Roy, Roy Jones might 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 actually <laughs> be be in better condition. He's younger, isn't he? He is younger, and he's certainly you know fast. But I don't know. Who knows? Anyways. I was on Steve Bick's show today. Love Bick, that's my man. Uh, we had had a conversation about the Baffert, the latest Baffert positive. That, I mean, we had a big segment about Mister Baffert a couple of months back about uh, his his barn's inability to to uh, stay out of the the news in a bad way, and um, this is just. Uh, It's very easy to jump on the, um, you know, ban him for life, do this, drug cheat, blah, blah, blah. The problem is, like I explained a couple months ago, is that this is not a smoking gun kind of deal. This is a, a joint injection that was given 18 days before a race. And it's not uncommon, and you can debate the merits of joint injections in general, uh, especially in younger horses, but that's a different argument than, than what actually happened. And, and what I said on Steve's show and what I'll I'll, I'll repeat here is that I've had a problem with the system, with the rules, with the way, um, the rules are ad- adopted with the seemingly arbitrary way that, um, the rules are drawn up using guidelines that we're not sure because no one will tell us what, what they are. Um, but it's, it's just like when the speed limit on the road says 65 and you're driving 58 and they still pull you over and give you a ticket. And and that's kind of what happened here. And I understand it's Baffert and I understand it's the same horse and I understand he's got a lot of positives and I understand, I, I, I get all that, but, My biggest concern is that, in this this rush to try to judge, and the other push to try to make things "quote unquote" better, especially considering this federal uh, bill, I I just think that we're doubling and tripling down on a, on a system that really has a lot of flaws. And
0: yeah, I I think I thought about this a lot when I saw the article and read everything, I mean <clears throat> if you think about it, like, you know, you use the example of, of getting a, a traffic ticket you know, there there is a such thing as an habitual offender now, I'm not saying that, that Baffert fits into the habitual offender category, but he's gotta be heading that direction you know, even if it is minor, kind of you know, low level stuff I mean, it There should be, at least in in my opinion, there should be a point where it's like, all right, well, we're going to slap you hard after a certain point. I mean, but that has to be built into the whole system. And as you know, and, and talked about more than anybody that, you know, these rules aren't really well documented as far as what the public can tell and then the way they administer them it seems a little arbitrary. I think it's just more of a perception thing um with Bafford than anything else because it feels like you know at least to a lot of betters that he gets away with a lot that he probably shouldn't have i mean but i'm I'm kind of torn because I see what you're saying in the sense that you know these things aren't really crazy as far as positives and what's being administered and You know, most of the stuff is legal. It's just over, right? So it's kind of like, well, where where do you draw the line? And that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm 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 a little torn on the whole thing, but you know, at some point, there's got to be like, hey, man, come on, you run a tight ship.
1: No, there's there's no doubt that, and I'm not defending him in that. I mean, I've been critical. Of his operation, in that some of the positives that they've gotten before are, are just sloppiness and getting too close, and and uh, um, just just not being cautious enough. And I think he has a responsibility as the guy, as the top dog, as the most uh, famous person in the industry, that he he has an obligation. To try to not get in this situation. And and this is where racing differs from where it used to differ. And I I don't care if people like it or not. Owners don't care. They act like they care. They might donate some money. In the end, all they care about is winning a lot of them. A lot of them. Not all of them. A lot of them. That's why you see guys who you know couldn't train Lassie to bark, that are winning 37%. All of a sudden their barn fills up. People don't even want to know how they win. They want to believe the nonsense that they tell you. Oh, well, we're using therapy machines. Everyone else uses them too. Oh, well, we're doing this. Oh, everyone else does it too. You're training on the same track with the same vets with the same help. With the it's all the same. But you can suddenly just get so much better and nobody asks questions or they believe the bullshit. You know, and and like I said it a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this topic and You know, someone was on Twitter saying, well, I believe this guy because I don't think he would take a chance. But do you actually personally know the person? Have you ever followed them? Have you ever... Oh, no. Oh, well, then why are you defending them? Don't defend them. Because guess what? If they're guilty, are you going to be out there saying, yeah, I was stupid? Right. You won't. Don't defend people in this business unless you know them. Unless you really, absolutely, positively know them, because the fact of the matter is, a positive like Baffert got anybody could get that. Grand Motion, I put up that book. Grand Motion, he got a positive at Keeneland, and it was for um, a medication that he stopped far, far, far before the suggested. Withdrawal time, and he still got a positive. I did. It happened to me. I got an naproxen positive. Naproxen's a leave. We stopped seven days out. The withdrawal time was three days out, and we still got a positive because the test, the testing is flawed in some cases. And this is this is the problem. You know, and in our case, the test was so flawed, and they had so many. Issues with it that they didn't disqualify the horse. They didn't do anything. They find me, well, they find me two hundred and fifty dollars, and then they change it to five hundred, which was <laughs> kind of backwards. Well, it was just kind of classless. But uh, what are you going to do? But um... these aren't the problems. And this is this is a, something else I said on Steve's show is that the drug problem that racing regulators and racing track executives who should be paying more attention to this than they do is not guys getting minuscule positives of legal medications given two weeks before. The problem is the 37% guys and you don't even know what they're given. You don't even know what the drug is. No one knows. But no one believes it. No one believes a lot of the performances that they see. And Baffert doesn't, you know, he, you know why he, he doesn't tighten the ship up? Because he doesn't lose any customers. And that's why racing is different than it was 30 years ago. Because if a guy got a, a series of positives, one after another, after another, after another, he would lose business. He would lose horses. Owners would not send them horses. They would take the horses. They would move them. It doesn't happen these days. doesn't happen. Name one trainer who who lost a lot of business because of um, medication positives.
0: <laughs> ones that are either banned or under FBI indictment.
1: Right. Those are the only ones I can think of. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's got, that's that's almost like a you know an extreme case. So let's let's you know let's spread the, the wealth a little bit here. Let's spread the blame if you hire a guy and he's winning an abnormal percentage then you're to blame you're you're part of the problem and you might want to say well you know until they prove and in- whatever that's fine that's fine but when it comes down and i i keep hearing whispers of something else in 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 the air um uh, how many of these guys that are are so quick to push their video uh, of their, their latest winner, or their, or the latest horse they bred, or the latest horse they sold, uh, are they going to be making retractions on all those deals? Or are they going to be saying, hey, well, you know, wow, this guy just got, uh, he, he just got cuffed by the FBI too. Uh, maybe those performances by all those horses I bred or own weren't legit i mean where's the standing down back the backing up you, you don't see it and well i, I mean
0: i I've, I've equated this to to baseball you know way back when 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 uh it was pretty obvious that everybody was was juiced um, it's like you know the powers that be think that it, it benefits them In a sense, so they're really not gonna. At least it seems like they're not gonna do anything because there's no there's no incentive for them to until somebody gets actually caught, and then they're like, oh well, we got to do something. But you know, it's like football; they let them juice a little.
1: Well, to that point, Um, like baseball, they, they they the Sammy Sosa. Uh, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds era. I mean, they they glorified the home runs. I mean, all of a sudden, Absolutely. sixty home runs was like not a big deal anymore. When virtually no one could ever even get near that, and everybody kind of pretended like you know, the baseballs around tighter or this or that, <laughs> Ign- yeah. ignoring the fact that the guys were like you know, superhumans coming coming in from the off season forty pounds heavier three hat sizes bigger. But, no, there's no doubt that the league, um, you know, kind of looked the other way. But horse racing, it, it, it's a different story. Baseball doesn't derive revenue from gambling on it. This sport does. And when you have questionable things, questionable people, uh, you know, baseball is a questionable guy. You, you you go and you root for your team and you root against the guy and you boo him. And if you're a, a, like a Philadelphia fan, you throw batteries and stuff at him. But it's it's different in horse racing. People don't want to lose to those people because they're losing their own money. They're, it's a participatory sport. And I, I just, to me, I, I've said this before, and we've talked about this before, it just it, it baffles me that tracks don't take a harder stance on this. Let me explain to you. If you're a track executive, I'm going to give you free advice. If you get rid of the juice guys... You'll get more horses. More people will come. I talk to trainers and owners all the time. Those are the guys that more than anything that are chasing people out of, of certain places. Monmouth, one of them. But Well, yeah, I mean, Monmouth was, is a great example. I mean, look at the racing now compared to when the last time... Uh, Service and, and Navarro were
0: running horses there. I mean, at least now you could get a price. And right. It was it was three to fives all day. Yep. And it was majority of their horses anchoring. You know, three out of four legs in the pick four that paid twenty bucks. I mean, it was absurd. At, at some point, and I, I tweeted out about it a lot, and I I just couldn't do it anymore. It was just it wasn't even worth my time.
1: You know, I just don't understand why no one's proactive. Why no one says, hey, let's really try to put our resources into cleaning up our backside without actually, like, uh, you know, going in front of uh, the public and getting down on a knee and saying, yeah, you know, we suck. You don't have to. It you doesn't have why. to be that. <laughs> it, you can do it. You can do it subtly. You, you just, know why? You just, I know why. But. Yeah, because they have the
0: handle numbers. And they're saying, hey, well, it's not affecting our quote-unquote
1: handle numbers. But it is. But, so that's, the, was, that, but that's the fallacy. but don't think so. That's the but, fallacy. But they're all wrong. Right. And, and the business is, is shrinking and, and it's going – I mean, listen, <laughs> if, if you're running a racetrack and you're not lucky enough to hit the slot lottery, you're probably losing money. Your horses – your handle is probably not going well. Like It's like virtually no one is doing anything the right way. It's like, you know – we see tweets from Naira about their handle. Your handle is up at Naira because Southern California Racing is, is essentially uh, like it, it, it's, it's crumbled to the point where they're getting outhandled handled by, by Gulfstream in the summer. Keeneland's field size for some, I don't know why, but it was way down in the fall, which is why their handle was off. Neither, you, you it's the same amount of money out there. It just shifts from place to place. There's not a, there's not a new money. It's the money that wasn't bet on California that's bet on New York.
0: Right, and, and I think that's that's the key is people don't realize it's not new money. It, like but it's shifted. And now, if they could boast new money in their handle was like that. Then you're like, all right, well, that makes a lot of sense. But you know, being the benefactor of another racetrack's misfortune or another state,
1: that's not really. Yeah, but no, no doing one, n- nobody wants to admit that that's actually the case because that you can't pat yourself on the back because another state has has just like, um, I mean, imploded. California did like they think they I think Santa Anita did like four point two or four point four million last Friday. Ugh, gross. Santa Anita <laughs> it used to be used to handle the 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 same as as Belmont. They would literally do the same. Well,
0: I'm
1: sure they they're, but, they're needing this this Delmar meet to open up for that reason alone. And then, and then you have you know uh, uh, what one of the I saw. What's his name? Uh, Figueroa got suspended three days, and um, one of the other jocks, I think, Rispoli got got fined for trying to win. It's it's like this. When did like I I just when I, I see the words encouragement encouraging your horse is um, frowned upon, and I'm thinking to myself, why? why? I mean. Like, isn't <laughs> that the point? Isn't that watch. why we do? Isn't Isn't that why we race horses? To, to see who's the best, the, the fastest? Isn't that the whole object of the game? Isn't trying uh, supposed to be? Or, or I mean, this is not just, you know, pretty horse paddock show. It, it, we're trying to win. And, again, we're not advocating for beating horses to death. But putting arbitrary numbers underhand and in this and that and the other thing, it just, it's changed, it changes the actual game in a negative fashion. If the NFL started having, playing flag football instead of tackle football, would it'd probably be yeah. a lot safer. California and, and San Diego announced something uh, that they had no fatalities training or, or, um, in the racing, which is great. It's, 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 you know, that's, not something certainly to be down on. That, that's a good thing. Um, the problem is that, uh, and I'm not drawing a line between these two things, but when you have no fatalities and you have your handle is um, off twenty percent, well, you're you're gonna. <laughs> business still matters you know like like you said it's just so many people have walked away from from racing out there because of you know so many of the these factors that that uh and and the whip rule is is certainly a factor and the field sizes is certainly a factor and um I don't know I don't know how I don't know how they recover I really don't I, I don't see a path to the recovery um, and I, I'm not sure how, um, how, how I don't I just don't know how they rebound I really don't well it was hard to watch this weekend I mean
0: watching horses come into the stretch and really just the jockeys sitting there you know, they might hand ride, you know, obviously, but it, it's just tough because, you know, it, it felt random. Um, I, I saw, again, a, a number of horses that, you know, with, with some encouragement, quote unquote, probably would have won otherwise um, that didn't. And, and it's just, it just, it's just feels random to me the way things kind of unfold once they hit the top of the stretch. I mean, you might get a horse that's feeling good or whatever, you know, may respond better to, to some hand urging than the whip and, and they'll kind of carry on and, and it's like nobody can do anything. It's like they can't even offer any resistance. <laughs> and it, it's just... It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it it just... It looks different and that's that's what... That's the one thing I say to people when we talk about changing drug rules. It's like, well, we can change the rules, but what you see on the, the track is really not going to be any different. Well, what do you mean? I say, you can't tell. This is something that looks different because you're used to seeing a race. You're used to watching a race and, and you know how the jockeys ride and, and how they urge the horses. And uh, I mean, think of the thousands and thousands and thousands of races you've watched and and even for the jockeys themselves in, in that they've been riding for years they've been taught a certain way of doing things this is, you know, a muscle memory thing and all of a sudden now they're being told to do it differently and that's not an easy thing to do that's not an easy thing so to do at all and <laughs> right I mean, it, it almost looks like a baseball game where the left-handed batters are are, are, are forced to bat right-handed you know it's it's like they're, it's just it's the same sport, but it doesn't look the same. It's just different. It's you di- can you can speak to this that
0: that I couldn't. I mean, you know, obviously I'm not a trainer, but I was explaining to somebody this weekend. I was like, well, it just doesn't seem the way it's supposed to be done because horses aren't trained that way, and I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but it doesn't seem like the horses are trained to not respond to you know, some vigorous urging, especially when they come down in the lane. And it's like I don't I don't even know if the horses are really <laughs> okay with it either, in a sense. I mean that's that's a little far fetched, but um, it's just it's just strange to see. I, I, I don't know who in their right minds would have said, hey, this is a good thing to do. It just makes zero sense to me at all. I can't even wrap my head around it.
1: It just doesn't make sense when you consider that the positive benefits just certainly are not going to outweigh the negative benefits. And any rule change where you don't see a lot of positive outcomes, and, and this is, the, racing is famous or infamous for making changes based upon people's opinions. And let me explain something to you. As an insider in racing, nobody knows nothing. <laughs> you go to sales, and 90% of those horses bought are over, Or people pay more than, than they should. Uh, people make mistakes. It's an opinion business, but it, it's, your opinion's wrong all the time. There's this X factor called the horse. The horses don't always go along with what we want to go with. But we make decisions, and we make rule changes, and we make uh, personnel changes and and we do this on opinion it was the one thing about the LASIKs argument that i don't care who wants to argue this nobody did a a, a a economic impact study on what the effect was going to be on handle uh, on on owner's expenses the elimination of LASIKs, and, and how much um It was going to cost to how much the the, the increase in costs that it's going because it's going to increase. It's not going to get smaller. It's going to get bigger, and no one did it. And the people that have the money, that mostly the people that are on the side of trying to get rid of it, are um, the mega wealthy people that money doesn't mean nearly as much to them as. Everybody else who can't just afford to just you know take two three hundred thousand on horses and just toss them aside. Um, no one did it. We we don't do things, and that that this is a perfect example of even more than the trainers and even more than the jockeys, the effect on the uh, people who who are putting their hard earned dollars. Into investing in tickets on this this business, the, the customers, if the customers are are not going to, um, they're not they're they're going to pull their their wagering dollars back because things like you said don't look right to you and, and, and feel like you're not getting uh, the, the the effort that you normally would get. Well, how do you, those are your customers. If your customers say, well, I'm going to change the menu, and your customers say, well, you know, you own a restaurant, and you change the menu, and, and, and you lose 30% of your business. What, well, you what, what, what What's back. the first thing? You change it back. <laughs> you know? You change it back. You made a mistake. This is a giant mistake. And and all the people that say, well, oh, the, you know, society and animal rights and blah, 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 yeah, sure, okay, show me all your studies You can take your studies, and you can. You know what you can do? You can set them on fire. Because the only study that matters is how much people bet on the races. If they bet less, it doesn't matter. Right. If you go out of business, it doesn't matter how how much you donate to charity. Oh, these are good people. They donate to charity. Yeah, but their business went under, so they're going to have no money to donate to charity anymore. And... Uh, I think New Jersey's is looking at the same thing because they, they passed an even more restrictive whip use.
0: <laughs> I didn't think that was possible
1: until I read it. it it's, it's going to be a complete disaster, complete disaster. And th- that's a, a that's a, a, you know, you had mentioned it before about the positive of taking away the top two guys who are just strangling most of the other competition there, and opening it up to to, to new barns and and you know seemingly uh they, you know they had a COVID messed up um, season and things got a little bit uh, off track there. But they seem to have done okay, and now to to bring the whip factor in, one thing that California, and, and actually Keeneland this fall showed that the customers are showing discretion and they're going to bet where they think they're getting the best chance, where they're getting the best price. And when they don't like um, the field size and and the the rules in California, they stop betting them. They've literally stopped betting them. And when the field size of Keeneland, which is always a huge factor because Keeneland always has big fields, when they lost, and I'm not sure why, but they lost um, a good piece of their field size, their handle went down. So it's it's kind of like, um, and it's hard to really draw a whole lot of conclusions. I'm, I'm I'm kind of drawing conclusions from singular meets. But these are trends that are kind of proven, and the more they're proven. And I think people in racing, in the racing business... They've got to understand, and they really have to start to understand this. And, and a lot of them don't because people, people want to believe the good things. They don't want to believe the bad things. And that this sport is different than it was three or four years ago. It's different than it was, way different than it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago. And it's not different in a good way. And there's challenges, and we need to face the challenges and change and, and do the best that we can do and that's not except that um there's guys who win 37% and and they can be, you know, trusted to to be legit. And to think that we can just change rules that our customers are completely against, that uh to to confuse jockeys that have been riding for 25 30 years where where they don't really even know how to how to do this. And and you know, people are betting money on this. And owners are spending a lot of money to have these horses trained. And now they're not even sure what their jockey's allowed to do. It it makes it... It's just a tough pill to swallow because how, how do we go back from these things?
0: Well, the thing that, that kind of bothers me the most and frustrates me the most is there's a lot of sharp people in horse racing. A lot. And... I just don't understand, and and I've, I've said this time and time again, especially you know, you know on the big Mondays. How do they not use those resources instead of hiring somebody's buddy or somebody's you know nephew that trained horses or you know what I mean there there's so many sharp people out here that that have this stuff figured out and. It's like, you know, they, they don't want any part of it. And it's like, well, do you, do you want this game to, to, to continue on or don't you? I mean, the way they operate, it sounds like they don't. They're just in it for the, for the now and not for the, for the long run. They're not playing the long game, they're playing the short game. And it's just frustrating because there's a lot of smart people involved in this business and, and they, they're either ignored, when, when they speak up or it doesn't fit into the agenda of, of the racetrack management. So it's just like, uh, whatever, that guy's crazy. So we're just going to keep doing this. But there's got to be that point where they have to know somebody, one of these, you know, um, accountants or somebody has to know this, that the ship isn't sailing in the right direction. And it, it seems like it's going to be too late before anybody figures it out and, and, and there's no way to salvage you know, what's left. I don't want it to get to that point, but it just becomes more and more clear on a weekly basis almost <laughs> that it's, it's heading that direction
1: or the wrong direction. You know, to your point, racing is very much a band-aid business in that We've needed a summit meeting of all the actual major players for years, and it'll never happen because it's it's funny when you think about the only time that the Stronic Group and Churchill Downs and and Naira got together and did anything in conjunction with each other, um, other than the kind of Jack Simulcast raids. Um, was the safety initiative. And it was an easy one for them to put together because it didn't really affect them. <laughs> you know, oh, well, we're, we're, we're for this safety initiative and, and, you know, phasing out of this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, well, yeah, that's great, but, you know, that's just kind of, that that's just kind of words. That'd be like if uh, Madison Square Garden and, uh, uh, you know, Oh, American Airlines Arena made an announcement saying, yeah, we really, we're looking f- you know, we, we want more player safety. Well, yeah, you you do, but are are you, you know, you're not paying the salaries of the, the players, or you're not paying for the trainings, you're not paying the expenses, it's... But we have reached a stage in this business where the enemy is, is, is sports betting. And I can't say that enough. That our demographics, the 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 typical better, the guy who plays racehorses and the guy who bets sports, they're 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 close to the same. It's not like slots. Slots is an action game. People sit at a, a on a chair or whatever, they stool and and they just push a button one after another after another after another. There's no there's no mental um process there's there's no handicapping and if if you you can't study the the machine and it it's just you're just pushing a button sports betting is something that i, I would gather that a, a large majority of the people that are fairly significant bettors um are also follow sports and I think that there's a, a significant portion of people that, once it's legalized where they live, are more apt to participate than betting with, uh, you know, Guido the local bookmaker, or with an offshore account where you're never exactly sure if they're gonna shut your bank card down, if they're gonna send you the money. You know, it's it's not it's not as legit as it would be as if you could just set up an account through your local uh state lottery play or however it'll be set up depending on which state and uh i think racing is as well again we've said this a million times there is no quote unquote racing you have different track owners you have different trainers out uh, organizations you have the jockeys guild you have the, the breeders you have, the sales companies. There's no, there's no one umbrella that everybody falls under. And that's that's a very difficult... It, it's not going to happen. It can't... The, just the structure of the game is, is never going to allow that to happen. And even this federal bill, it, it really... It's, it's not going to help. It's, it's silly to, to believe it's going to help. It's going it to make things worse. It's going to make it more expensive. And yet it doesn't address so many of the issues that we need to be, to have addressed. And it's, it's, there's been enough stuff to to talk about over the last few months that like the late odds changes has, it's kind of got bumped down the, it's kind of got bumped down the list of, of things that people complain about because like there's so many other things to complain about.
0: people you know every day I mean you know I mean any kind of racetrack executive or anybody trying to get the, the pulse of the game especially through the better's eyes there's no better place to get that than than on Twitter and they should be looking at that as, as like you know like free commentary free market research on what people think I mean
1: you know obviously you're gonna get the extremes you're gonna get the people that think that every race is fixed right right. you you have to sift through some of the the crazy people right and then you get the other side where everything is great all the time right and then you see those ones in the middle that make a lot of sense but
0: sometimes yeah they'll 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 shout out when, when things are going well and what's working and they'll also call out when things aren't great or when they're going bad, or, you know, whatever they feel isn't meeting their standards as a, as a customer, they say it. I mean, literally, they could pay somebody to sit there, not even sit there, just, you know, kind of peruse uh, Twitter on a weekend, let's say, maybe a Friday, Saturday, more more of a Saturday, and and just see what people are talking about. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally almost that simple.
1: If you look at, well, they don't, they don't have the, they don't have the wherewithal to do that. I don't know if they're not
0: savvy enough technology wise or they, yeah, I mean, it's starting to look like they just don't care.
1: Yeah. Uh, there, there's one guy who, who's done that and, uh, it's helped him, it's helped him professionally. Uh, and, and it's it's certainly helped the tracks that he's been able to help, and that's Gabe Pruitt on the yeah, on the Honda side, in that he is showing that you can, if you do things, uh, you try to maximize your, your your placing of the races, your your, um, your signal, and and, and that there's just so many things that you can do, and and he's listening. To the customer out there that's saying, "Hey, we don't want these t- jackpot bets. We don't want to bet on. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense if you have a pick four and a pick five overlapping on the same races. We, don't, you know, it, it, you listen to to what your customers saying. And yes, like you said, there's always going to be guys that uh, don't, you know, just going to complain no matter what." And there's always going to be the cheerleaders, but the cheerleaders usually are, are people that are working for a group in this business, and they're yeah, they have a some of them are kind of told to cheerlead too. I mean, that's believe me. The the some of the monitoring of Twitter is is monitoring of Twitter to make sure that the soldiers are all in line and not speaking out against anybody. It's it's kind of frustrating, but. That's juvenile. I, I i got a call 30, 30. I, i'm gonna tell you the truth a couple of years ago i got a call from i'm not gonna say who they are but two guys who who respected guys and i had liked a tweet that kind of knocked them a little bit i mean it was not a like it was kind of an innocuous knock it wasn't like a real bad knock it was just kind of a complaint and and a lot of times, you know, like, I wind up, like, half, you just wind up, like, liking something, even though, like, you might not completely, it's just, you just like, you know, and they were like, "Why you like this this tweet, do you agree with them? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, no, this thing, and the guy said this, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what the big deal was about, I don't, you know. You're like, oh, well, you liked it, and I was like, did I say anything? <laughs> you know, like. Right. Uh, another guy called me and I got mad I had, had, a, had, a, had someone else call me had a fr- another friend of mine call me oh well Chuck liked a, a, a tweet that knocked me and I'm like you look Are you at serious? people like oh yeah I'm dead serious I mean, I'm thinking to myself hold on people actually go through and see who likes tweets that knock them and got too much time maybe if I got knocked more I would be a little more sensitive to it, but like nobody really gives a shit to knock me. <laughs> so, Note to self, except that one guy who was gonna fight me. What, was, what happened to that guy? He, on what, what was the guy who was. To see. What, what was that guy's name? In? Benny. Benny was gonna oh, fight Benny. me. He wanted to fight Benny me. Wanted to fight you at Saratoga. Yeah, yeah, he was gonna fight me at Saratoga. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he kind Note of disappeared. I don't know if he blocked me or, or what happened, but I, I haven't I think, seen him. I think he may either, either change this whole handle. and and started a new personality, or he's off Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he told me, like, you haven't won a race in six months. I said, I haven't trained a horse in a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, no, believe me, people, they, they look at Twitter, they're watching Twitter, they're just, um... And I, again, I've said this before. We have to remember that some of the people that are making these suggestions, that they're they're drawing a paycheck, they're working. This is their job, and the people above them might not necessarily want to do what they want to do. So some people have and to answer. Some people have to answer it to boards. Some people have to answer it to individuals. Um, I mean, for instance, when Frank Stronach first got into owning racetracks people forget he, he was on like the, the he was firing general managers and, and 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 presidents like like george Steinbrenner used to fire managers i mean he went through guys like like crazy and and then he finally kind of you know mellowed out a little bit but um he he had quite a few guys he he had hired that uh he had gone through and and part of it was uh I mean, Frank had some really good ideas that have worked, and Frank had some really terrible ideas that no one knew. You know, no one thought would ever work, but because he was the boss, he you know you had to you had to go through the horse wizards. If you don't know what it is, Google it. Oh boy! But um. But that's that's there's so many layers to it, but.
0: They're identifiable, though. I, I think, you you know, at least for me, the people I would expect to be the cheerleaders are the cheerleaders, and I understand that. I understand the whole dynamic on, and how their livelihood kind of revolves around certain things that they can't knock. Right. I get that, but I think everybody knows who those people are and why they do the things they do. I wouldn't expect those kind of people to come out of their shell let's say but i would expect in a in a in a very customer driven business to at least give the time of day to what the customers are thinking and i don't see that a whole lot i mean every once in a while you'll see something they'll pop up just to kind of pacify the situation because people will just talk too much shit and they're like alright we've had enough we'll, we'll do something to change this year you know and you'll see an announcement after the new year oh we're gonna you know lower handle by a half a percent or something just just to keep people off their back Yeah, but it's not meaningful and that's what I feel like a lot of the betters are, are kind of um, you know kind of waiting for is, is something really Impactful to help everybody, and it can happen. It's just they—they're not willing to do it at this point. And I don't know how long they can go without recognizing and making adjustments to these things. You know, it's just like when you see basketball games on TV. You know, a, a team's getting killed, uh, and then they go in the halftime. What What does the coach do? They make adjustments to try to come back and win. I don't see any adjustments in racing. I think they just kind of do things arbitrarily here and there, just to keep people off their back and so they won't get too loud about it. And that's not a good way to to run the long game, you know. Somebody like me, I'm always thinking of the long game. You know, they might get me in the short, you know, lose a battle, but win the war. I don't see that kind of thing happening, or even even that kind of communication coming from the racetracks. To the customers saying, hey, you know, might have to eat it here, but we're going to make changes over here to help you. Or, you know, there's so many things in, in, that could happen. It's just a matter of implementing them and having somebody championing them behind the scenes, which it doesn't feel like anybody's doing. All
1: right. I, I think that one thing that can be said uh, for again it's a, it's a generality but for years i don't think racetracks respected their customers i thought i think that they they considered them degenerates that they considered them suckers and um, that was kind of how they treated them and i think that the the modern horse player is is a sharp guy the problem that exists even when you talk about customers for a racetrack is that you've got a pretty big and and seemingly growing percentage of handle that's coming from people that aren't really customers they're they're algorithms and uh, that that's that's one of those damned if you do damned if you don't things i understand why they took the money seem like free money but that was how that's how we screwed up simulcasting I mean think about simulcasting and how much money could be re- being returned to uh, purses and how we could have grown the game if we didn't squander so much money having all these third party adws that have have you know finagled their way in because the initial way that the uh the breakdowns went were were faulty i mean they were just completely faulty and you know these these third parties popped up in in the middle and were smart enough to start offering rebates and 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 drawing away customers and it's uh again if i'm running a track and and i can raise my handle 20% even if I'm going to make a much smaller percentage of profit off of those guys I still probably do it but uh but now that they've gotten to be so big and they're the ones that are causing uh, a lot of the ruckus in the uh the late odds changes and things like that um and they have inherent advantages over your regular players and and the regular players are figuring this out and I mean, people don't want to get. People don't like to be suckers, especially smart people, uh, sharp guys. They, they don't want to be considered a sucker. And even if they love the game, when they start to feel like they don't have an edge by just working hard and doing the the you know the extra work, the video work, the the figure work, and um, that the, these other guys are, are just being able to bet at this last second um based upon the, the value of the the pool um I think a lot of them have, have gotten frustrated and, and that I think the data is an issue. Um it's I know there's been three tracks in the last few weeks that I've made bets at because I got free programs. And yes, I didn't bet like $300,000 on them. But... I wasn't going to buy a program from that track. They weren't going to get the two bucks. But they wound up getting some handle. Because... I, I got the PPs and I, I looked at the races. And I found a couple of, you know races that I, I liked. And... You know, multiply that out. Especially... Especially... If you're considering that... Um, the vast majority of your handle, and under the COVID situation, almost some tracks, almost all of their handle is done off track. A program doesn't cost anything to sell when you don't have to print it, when you don't have to have a guy standing there selling it. it, it the cost is even less. So to just take what you already have, and to to give it to people who are potential betters, who's going to look at programs and not make any bets so
0: seems so simple
1: it seems so simple but 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 there's there's always buts and that's that's the problem but uh but anyways uh your horses and we're, we're not going to get to test our hypotheses uh of who was right happy about saver. Happy Saver since they've intelligently decided to not throw him to the Wolves yet. I would assume they'd run him in the Clark or the Naira Mile or somewhere. That would make sense. He would probably be a probably be the favorite in one of those races. Yeah. I would I would think so. He but, just he just doesn't uh, have enough experience to run against those horses yet. Just, yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, it's just very difficult to run that against those kind of horses, and and it's not like there's one horse to beat. There's, there's seven, eight, nine horses. I saw Roxy Roxborough put up a uh, a morning line It was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Um, today uh, for the classic. I, I I'm assuming Swiss Skydiver is not running in the classic, but. I guess they pre-entered both. I'm they, sure they, they still seem uh, still seem like it's a possibility, but uh, with vexatious is out of the distaff, so <laughs> that race <laughs> is really batteries. yeah. It's it's uh, it's kind of falling apart. So uh,
0: yeah, with art collector going to the mile supposedly.
1: Yeah, that that'll allegedly. Yeah, that that I think that's a smart move. I mean, off of that last race, I wouldn't want to throw him in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Yeah, I,
0: I, I was I was talking to one of my buddies this weekend about that. He, you know, he he was disappointed. He he felt as if our Collector <clears throat> just blew the brake in the Preakness and and just never
1: got a chance to run. I I I, I agree sake, with him because he did not he did not look comfortable the first. In the position he was on that first turn, he he was kind of had his head cocked out, and Swiss Guide kind of beat him to the inside, and right, he, he was in he a position in in between first. in between horses and behind horses, and that's not a position that he's been in. So, but I think the mile makes sense. I mean, we should find out how much run up the mile is going to they're going to have for that race. It might end up being being a mile and a sixteenth, because hmm. it's a two turn mile at Keeneland. Two turn, yeah. A two turn dirt mile, which is cool. I, I you know, I, I wish they could, you know, switch it up every year like that. It's it's tough on the outside Where they have posts,
0: though. That's two turn and then a the one turn mile.
1: The two turn dirt mile is tough on the outside posts. Yeah, there's always. just the, the the circumference of these tracks just don't make it easy to to get much of a run into that first turn. The stats at... at Gulfstream are ridiculous.
0: Yeah, with post twelve, it's like one for the last
1: three years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not an easy thing. But uh, next week we'll have pretty much the field should be more or less set for the Breeders' Cup for next week's big Monday show.
0: Oh yeah, I'm down with that. I, I know um, they come out to, uh, Wednesday pre-entries, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they had the, today, I think, was the, was, yeah, the enter, so. And I saw that uh, Aiden O'Brien's sending, like, six horses, I think, I saw. I, I don't know. I, I saw, I, I saw. I one saw, of I them was out. Was one? one of them wasn't coming, and then, I, I'm not sure. When those horses actually get here and they are entered, that's when I come <laughs> That's when I kind of, like, start paying attention to them. But, but, uh... It'll be, uh... It, it'll be a lot... It, it seems like there's a lot of competitive races. Not a lot of huge favorites. Which is a good thing. And, and hopefully the yeah. handle's... The handle is strong. It doesn't have the star power that it normally would have
0: or in other years, you know. Especially because, you know with skydivers going in the distaff you know everybody's kind of spread out a little bit and I think it you know like you said it makes it makes for a better betting card than, than what it appears on the surface because I don't see any standouts even, well I guess that one horse the devil's bag
1: look alike um, Jackie's warrior yeah
0: that might be the standout on the day but other than that you know nobody's a lock I mean Authentic is a nice horse obviously fast
1: but he's gonna be like fifth choice or sixth choice right (laughs) you know so your
0: derby winner is not gonna be you know one of the top two choices It's, it's interesting it's gonna be real interesting you know the whole two days are probably gonna be very interesting um I mean, from the looks of it, there probably should be uh, some prices in there that you know, some some weird, inexplicable type results. I'd see at least three
1: of those, and in, in, in at least three, if not more. I mean, the key the year? key is uh, figuring out which ones um, it's going to happen in. It looked
0: like I think what was it? Thousand Words was the favorite.
1: Thousand I Words, I think, I was the yeah. favorite. Yeah
0: so you know you never know how those things kind of work out um and I think way back when I can remember one one specific race where bar of gold won and just looked horrible on paper and I think I think she paid like a hundred and change
1: (laughs) R.K. ugh I hear that French word. <laughs> I still couldn't bet him now. Nobody could. <sighs> that was,
0: uh... That was when the
1: Euros used to take more shots in the Classic. Don't even... Oh, don't even give me that, bro. Uh, Toasted New York. Oh, uh, your, your boy Toasted like a... New York. <laughs> he wasn't. <Yeah>. Toasted, in... <laughs> the burnt toast of New York. To Byron
0: running over shit, <laughs> belief that didn't happen. It would have been a seventy-five thousand dollars day for me.
1: Well, that's why we gotta get you on the board here.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm saying that while I was complaining of hitting for thirty-two early in the card, so. I don't I
1: don't gather I should get any sympathy. So uh Aaron Grider announces announces his retirement. Aaron Grider actually was uh involved with, uh, I I have a connection to Aaron Grider in two different separate ways. First of all <laughs> I I had horses in New York in the winter and um I can't remember if it was the winter or the fall or the spring I don't even remember but I got a call from someone at Aqueduct yeah your assistant tried to beat up Aaron Grider after the race Again? <laughs> 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 yeah yeah so he had an altercation with Mr. Grider uh, it wasn't I I, I you know you, you always hear two sides to the story but uh but whatever. And then Aaron Grider was actually at... He was at my bachelor party in Saratoga. <laughs> which was actually a, a legendary event that's still talked about. I think there's a couple guys that we still haven't found. It might be hiding. <laughs> well, you got, got the legendary
0: Dave Spears back.
1: That's all that matters. Well, Spears, he was there. He was one of the... And, uh, he was—he was one of the instigators. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we shut down an entire bar in downtown Saratoga, Peabody's. I guess it's, it's Chain Chans now, but yeah, we had the whole back back part of Peabody's one night. Oh, uh, there was—it was a debacle. <laughs> 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 oh man! Uh, it really was. Man, you could write a book about that, that night. There was, it was a cast of characters in that outfit, I'm telling you, that was, but Aaron Grider was there, front row seat, and I don't even remember, I don't even remember why he, he even showed up, but. Yeah, somebody invited him. He was just there. Uh, There was a couple jock agents that were there. There was a couple trainers that were there. I won't mention their names, but uh, even 20 years later, (laughs) the statute of limitations has run out, but I still don't want to mention anybody's names. But uh, Aaron didn't do anything. He was innocent. He was just a bystander. Uh, But uh, yeah, Saratoga can get out of control, man. It can get out of control. I remember Aaron riding at, at Arlington? That's when I was a kid. He an aqueduct. He, he was a good rider. He, he was a good solid rider. I mean, he was never like leading rider anywhere. I mean, maybe he won a title, at one of these tracks. I don't, I don't know. But um, you know, he's a good guy and, and a, a good solid rider. He rode in, he rode all over the place. He rode in a lot of different places. But, uh, you yeah, know, he's fine. This guy doesn't look like he aged a day since No, he, do- he, he doesn't. He really doesn't.
0: I mean, I, I literally, you know, he he's one of the first jockeys I kind of remember, you know, um, just as, as growing up and, and playing the races and stuff.
1: But he's been around a while, a long time. And, we- he's, and he's been pretty damn good. It was funny today. Steve uh, on his show had Richard Migliori talking about his first Breeders' Cup mount for uh, for Tommy Skiffington, who was who was my old boss, and he finished third in the race at the Aqueduct Breeders' Cup on the turf. It was a fourteen horse field. Oh um, the seagulls. More Jane, yeah. Um, More Jane was the name of the horse, and uh, Pebbles, of course, won, and Strawberry Road was second, and and I I hadn't. I, I either had forgotten or didn't even realize, but, but Biancone trained Strawberry Road. Yes. So after I was on Steve's show, um, today, about 10 minutes later, uh, I'm sitting in the office at Palmetto's and who walks in but Biancone. And I said, uh, you train Strawberry Road. And he said, you know, in his French accent, "Of course, I trained sorry road." <laughs> <laughs> and and he he kind of he gave me the kind of the whole history of the horse, and uh, it was really kind of an interesting, an interesting. Uh, th- there's a really great story about the horse. Um, you know, he started in Australia, and he wound up coming to Europe, and and he wound up in Patrick's, you know, his outfit. Uh, because you know people don't train at the track in Europe, so he wound up at Patrick's training facility, and um, he wound up eventually getting the horse. Uh, the Australian trainer went back to Australia, and uh, he said uh, they went they they'd run in Germany and. Um, the horse had he ran all over the place he ran in Japan he ran in the US and he ran in France he ran in uh you know, Australia the, um really just uh he was a really cool horse strawberry road a really good horse but uh it was some field man that that was like that was some field so of horses. strong and, just a
0: strong top to
1: bottom yeah just, just so many quality horses and horses raced a lot more back then and 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 that made it easier to kind of not respect them more, but you knew them, you know, you you knew them better because they braced so much more. But uh, I mean, what a what a field that was! And Pebbles, of course, was was a was a great horse. That was the first, I think. Yeah, that was the first of her two Breeders' Cup wins, back to back years. And that's um,
0: what's crazy is that. <laughs> Like we were saying last
1: week is that, that uh, Aqueduct Breeders' Cup was so strong. It's, it's so underrated. And Proud Truth. Proud Truth won the Classic. He came back on like eight days or nine days rest. He had run like the previous Thursday or something at, at Aqueduct. Or Belmont, maybe. It wasn't even, I don't even, I can't even recall. I mean, it was so long ago, but, but it was such a great day, too. That was the other thing. It was kind of... Oh, yeah, this, the weather was shitty. <laughs> yeah, just a, you know, a gray kind of... A- Aqueduct was very gray. It seemed no matter how many times I was there. And I worked at Aqueduct in the summer one year. I worked for Pete Ferriola, and he had horses at Aqueduct. And when we were there in the summer, even in the summer, it seemed kind of gray. <laughs> and, and you always had the... Gray cloud uh, over that track. Well, well you yeah, had JFK Airport was was, you know, right basically cross the street, so, you always had airplanes buzzing up the place, and it was, Aqueduct is a different, different kind of place, but, uh, you know, when they took the inner track away, it just kind of changed, yeah, it just kind of, uh, just kind of changed everything there, but, but yeah, you tell people now, they had a Breeders' Cup at Aqueduct, they think you're nuts, <laughs> What? <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. precisionist life's magic in hollywood it's just like what the hell yeah there there was uh well that was the original idea behind the breeder's cup was to have it travel to have it be uh this showcase that went all over the country and oh, yeah. um that was kind of one of the founding ideas. And now you see a lot of people that lobby to just have it at, at California because the weather is better. And I mean, this is a sport that weather is, is a factor and it's traditionally been a factor. And it's it's one of the things that, that um, it, it's a variable. And it, it's certainly the Breeders' Cup is, is certainly a different animal these days than it was back then where it's just um, it's more of a back then it was like the great day of racing now it's kind of an event and ticket sales and all that stuff matter so much back then it was a given I think at, at, at the at the um, Breeders' Cup when Ali Sheba and Ferdinand had the uh, go that was nine. I think go that was a, no, that was Hollywood. Oh Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. I, I think there was like there was like seventy thousand people there, some crazy number of people. But um I remember Big Cap Day. When I was in Arizona, Big Cap Day was always on a Sunday and, and it was like the biggest race in the springtime. And they would get these massive crowds at Santa Anita. They get sixty, sixty five thousand people for for the big cap and, and that was like a big big day um, and now it's kind of totally changing when I did that uh, article I wrote on Spectacular Bid I mean back then the the Big Cap was still the race it was the premier race for older horses the first um, pretty much the first half of the year and uh, I mean the list of horses that won it were, were huge but it's all changed so much now that it's just an afterthought because of the big money races in Dubai and now Saudi Arabia, and then the Pegasus just kind of really, um, really killed the Santa Anita handicap um, in a, in a lot of ways. And it's yeah, just... I remember back back in
0: the '90s when they had the Gulfstream. They opened up Gulfstream for what, like four days?
1: Four uh, no, five three. Days? Three days. Three days. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember it was really short, and they, yeah. they opened it on a Friday, right? Yep. They had Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yep,
1: three days. And it was fantastic, just just to have you know those, those couple of days. And... I think it was 1989 when Sunday Silence and Easy Goer ran yeah. against each other. I was there for that, and I remember Brian Mayberry won all the undercard stakes. I th- I think of they had course. three they had three undercard races. and I think he won them all. Yeah, Brian Mayberry was another guy who was a great trainer that's kind of uh you know it's not a name you hear anymore. But because, because he wasn't a guy that had 200 horses. And that's uh that's that's a big that's a big change too and but um it was uh in 1989, and then I think 92, 92. was uh, AP Indy. Because that's when Calder was running. Uh, Calder ran in November. Calder ran through, you know, to right. Calder was would run right to, through January 1st. Um, they used to have the, the Calder Derby. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, the Tropical Park Derby on, on, Park on derby. January 1st. It was always, you know, the quote-unquote first derby of the year but um yeah that's that's when they would have a, like a little short meet and I, I know that it's been bandied about and i it's I've never really got any serious uh movement towards it but it would be great to have a, a breeder's cup at hialeah oh man
0: anything at hialeah would be great at this point
1: <laughs> yeah it would it really would be it would be great but uh I mean Leah. I was over there last October and it still looks uh, for the most part it still looks the same the grandstand and, and the, the backyard and, and all that it's it's pretty much the same as it was beautiful track still but um you know Gulfstreams just not a track that's uh, they just don't have the seating they don't have the facilities that that would really support a Breeders' Cup in, in, in these... It's not big enough. <laughs> no, it's it's just not. and um, You know, New York hasn't had the Breeders' Cup in a long time. And I I don't know that they're even wanting to get it. I, I would think that they would have enough pull in, in New York to... If they wanted to be back in the rotation, to, that they would be able to, to get back in, but... I don't know that they they even want to. I know when they were having financial issues, the Breeders' Cup is not a big financial boon to the track that holds it because the Breeders' Cup itself gets most of the revenues. Um, but I mean, Arlington Park is probably not going to be around much longer, so that's kind of out of the running. And uh, Wood, Woodbine, Wood one of the better ones that were,
0: you know, that they ever had the. The Lone Star Breeders' Cup.
1: Yeah. That was
0: pretty good. It's just another one that's not a huge venue.
1: No. Um, you know Woodbine has a synthetic track, which would make it... That was a good Breeders' Cup. Would make it a tough call these days. Um, There's just not that many tracks out there that are capable of having it. Keeneland pulled it off. Churchill, of course. uh, Santa Anita. Del Mar. Um certainly belmont could handle it um if they ever want to get it and i mean saratoga is just never going to work it's it's just a summer track and you can't hold a, a, a you can't hold a premier event at saratoga in november because, because it's snow. yeah it <laughs> might be snowing and i mean i think the high this week in, in saratoga is like 45 no thank you so um that's the high i remember the the year at belmont um the year uh what was it, nineteen ninety, the year Gopher Wand Bayakoa. Oh man. Um it was cold that day. <laughs> it was really cold at Belmont. That was it was I think the high was like fifty five and it just seemed colder than that because it was windy. But um tis now.
0: Uh I think the first tis now. It was, it
1: was at Belmont. Belmont it was freezing yes. That day too. Yeah, yeah. It's... That was right after uh, 9-11. Yeah, that that's the tough thing with the northern tracks, and is that uh, well, the, the year Ali Sheba won at Churchill was was a miserably cold day. Really. And it was raining, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a miserably cold day. So I mean, it can happen. It's, I mean, Monmouth, of course. They that <laughs> that, that that Breeders' Cup just. Got wiped out. Washed out. yeah. That was actually the one that I didn't play. I didn't play any races that day. Well, I don't think I won any races that day because I sure can't remember winning any. But that was was just a miserable day too. Just the rain was so... And that, that is the one thing that California does have is that the likelihood of it raining at that time of the year it is very, very low. So you're going to get a fast track and you're going to get firm turf. Um, so it's, I mean, it, it's not something that's really arguable. I mean, it's 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 a reality. But I, I don't know where else we could have a Breeders' Cup these days. You
0: really couldn't have it in too many other places yeah. than, than the ones that they're having
1: it at. I, I mean, I know that they've tried to... Um, make Laurel a place, and, and I guess if Laurel, if, um, I guess Laurel could probably pull it off, uh, it's, it's, the grandstand might be big enough, they might have enough accommodations, the temporary accommodations, and the, the, uh, what do they call, they call the ch- chateaus, which are, it's a basically a fancy name for tents, um, they could probably pull it off there, but, uh but I don't know that they're gonna get the chance I, you know there's so much there's, there's so much uh, Maryland is kind of a tricky situation with the whole Pimlico deal and so I don't know but uh yeah Gulfstream, it would be a crapshoot as far as weather yeah. I mean they could put crazy
0: chateaus out there <laughs> um enough to accommodate I guess a lot of people but not not the huge huge crowds but the weather would be the, the X factor because you know it's in the middle of the rainy
1: season. Well, usually the rainy season is, is coming to an end at this time of the year, but mm. this this year it hasn't. Can't tell. <laughs> this year it hasn't. It's been nuts, but uh, I mean, there's a, another freaking hurricane forming in the the Gulf of Mexico. I saw that. It's like just out of nowhere, these stupid things come up, and um, yeah, I mean, like the fairgrounds just is not a big enough facility. To to have a breeder's cup either, so. So that is, uh, that's you know I think that's kind of the. That's kind of the. The rotation.
0: Yeah, it's too bad that you know, like a place like Arlington's, perfect facility for that
1: kind of thing. Yeah. It's just Arlington's a really it's a really great facility. Love that place, yeah. If anybody, if you haven't been there. You should really try to get there next year. If they even get to meet. To I was going to say, game. is there going to be a next year? I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It's really, really hard to say. But, uh, I mean, certainly there's no desire on Churchill's part to keep it going. Um, but we are in a still in a COVID situation. And things still are, um, there's still a little bit... Uh, unsettled, so who knows, you know, who knows who knows Hawthorne is not going to be holding any breeders <laughs> that's in the hood, bro I, I told my story about Hawthorne Went that down. hood might be worse than, than the gardens it's, uh, well, it's, it's certainly uh, it's close has fewer palm trees. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy. I went to the store to get locks to padlocks, and he thought I was asking for Glocks, and he thought I was a cop, an undercover cop. So, <sighs> man, me in Chicago. a white guy looking like you coming in this thing, the store in this neighborhood, I thought you were a cop looking for Glocks. I was like, man, I'm just looking for padlocks. I so don't steal all my stuff at Hawthorne. You know what's funny is is whenever you go somewhere no, close to a racetrack and and people identify you as someone at the track, it almost never fails. You so you like your horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Who you running? You you gonna win? <laughs> uh, always. I I one time I, I think I told you this story before was, I flew to um, Toronto to run a horse at Woodbine. And, uh, and, um, I forgot my birth certificate and I didn't have my passport and I got the customs and I was like, all I had was my driver's license and I had my racing license. And thankfully the guy was a horse player, the agent at the, and he's like, oh, where are you going? I said, Woodbine. He goes, really? So what are you going there for? I said, I got a horse running. Oh, yeah, what's the name? Do you like him? What do you think? And I said, well, we're going to be a big long shot, but uh, the horse might be able to hit the board, so maybe play him in tries or something. So, Catch your ticket, Holmes. The guy, he, stand, he, he, he let me through, and he's like, uh, all right, you know, he goes, don't worry, I'll, I'll I'll let you in, no problem. He goes, you might have more trouble getting back, you know, to the other side, but, but uh, yeah, I'll be out of wood. He goes, I'll be out of wood by Saturday. I said, all right, all right, good luck, you know. And the horse came in third at like fifty to one. I was—I always wondered. I was wondering if that guy bet that horse. Uh, He's gonna seek you out, He'll give you a twenty. I was working for Alan Jerkins, and we were at Saratoga in an old barn that we were always in. Um, we had a couple horses in one afternoon, and I was sitting there in, on uh, the shed row, kind of waiting for you know to to get him ready. And this big, menacing-looking guy starts coming down the shed row, right? And and, you know, some guys they just have that look. Like, like these are not people to be messed with. He had that look. And I was like, you know, holy crap, who's this guy, you know? And he's like, are you Chuck? And I'm like, yeah. No, and, he, and he goes, we have a, a mutual friend. I'm so and he so. Sh- and he pulls his badge out. He works for the Secret Service. Holy shit. And, and this guy looked like, he, he looked like a badass type of guy, you know? And, and uh, uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, wow!" I was like, "Man, you kind of scared me." <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, right. Because now he he told me to come look you up. No, no, here, you know, I showed him the horses, and he said, "Man, a bunch of those guys bet uh, bet horses. At least, you know, back back. This was 25 years ago. Oh yeah, we go out to Laurel all the time, and you know, that was a tight buoy back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but." uh I was I was um I was in Vegas in 2005 or 6 and a guy uh a casino host out there who um I had unwittingly given a 75 to 1 shot to win even though I really didn't but to make a long story short he was telling me that a bunch of the casino hosts would play, would play horses that, that no one had a trou- had the uh, they didn't care if they played horses but they didn't want to play in any casino games, uh, this is their bosses, you know and and uh that they were allowed to play horses, which so I thought' that's what they did, yep, yeah, <laughs> that's what they did they said, yep they they don't mind if we play horses, but they don't want us betting on sports we don't we we don't play casino games, we don't play cards, we don't do any of other stuff, so but they let us bet on horses, well, that's a good thing. But anyways, it's, uh, there wasn't a really any racing of note to this weekend. New York had the New York bread days, and Maryland had the Maryland bread days, and uh, nobody else were, <laughs> everything else was kind of, uh, you know. Now, Churchill well Churchill had a two year old day and it seemed like it went off pretty good and the usual people won the usual races. <laughs> but uh but next week we should really have a, a good idea of what the Breeders Cup looks like and and uh have you go through the card and and see if there's anybody in there that's gonna induce a seventy five thousand dollar b- big day for you. Yeah, uh, there could
0: be. I mean, I, I singled the se- singled the seven to one shot. There you go. Legit seven to one shot too, and I only liked that horse. Um, I'm referring to Bobby's Kitten, if you don't know, um, because I liked his race in the Woodbine Mile. He ran all out and basically gave it up at the final, you know, final couple jumps. And I was like, if they turn this horse back in the Breeders' Cup sprint, I'm going to really, really appreciate that. And that's exactly what they did. I didn't get the ride I expected. He <laughs> was dead last. But whatever gets the job done, man. Yep. That's why Joel Rosario will never be able to do anything wrong in my eyes. Ever fact we're getting another cat and the name of the cat will be it's already solidified already
1: we already signed the paperwork and everything joel rosario joel rosario the the boat the whole name yep is it one name chad brown but we went with rosario yeah good choice because bobby's kitten would have been too easy
0: see if we named it bobby's kitten
1: it was too easy yeah that that was you know the kitten part would have been <clears throat> exactly. So, you can't name a Rosario. cat. You can't name a cat after a horse that's named after a kitten.
0: Right. It just doesn't it doesn't work. So it was either Chad Brown or Joel Rosario.
1: Yeah, you made the right choice. <laughs> Joel Rosario is it, is it a one word name? Joel Rosario.
0: Well, my my wife wants to call
1: the cat Jr. But I know what Jr. means. See, so not, I'm just gonna call, call Joel. See, like when 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 you say junior I'm I'm thinking of J.R. Smith. Oh no, he's not Hennessy-Layton. <laughs> he's gonna be a sober cat with shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the great J.R. Smith got another ring. Didn't he? Yes, he does. Deion Waiters <laughs> has a ring. It just it just shows you that when people want to compare. Different players, and they use rings as an example. Dion how Waiters. That is. Dion Waiters has a ring, my friends. The man was the objective. Simmons has five. <laughs> Dion Waiters was, was was rushed to the hospital because he OD'd on <laughs> on, on, on THC laced gummy bears this earlier in the season, and he winds up. I can up, see how that happened. He hang, he winds up with a ring wild 2020 yep sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time we got the breeders ground this weekend
0: okay well
1: that'll 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 get you out of the uh i actually the, i actually had boycott well the metal, boycott. Wow, the, metal ends, the the driver situation is, is just brutal, brutal. I'm you, man, mariana the, all the way all the way, you gotta, you gotta better. I, I missed the wedding, and I'm not gonna be there for the funeral. I'm continuing my my boycott of amateur races. I cannot do it. And I've saved money. That's where you get the
0: prices, though. That's what you're looking for. That chaos
1: they had a horse even money the other day in an amateur race and then the horse got DQ'd from second place last for like wiping people out like like you 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 know you take even money in an amateur race like that's a sign you you need yeah we need
0: that dead money in those pools bro
1: that is true that was the tweet the tweet was if you play even money shots in amateur races we need more of your action you gotta inherit you gotta inherit some money from uh uh, you know un- uncle somewhere. uncle jimmy who kicks the bucket somewhere and got to fire that money in we need some of that dead money uh, yeah breeder's Count this weekend it'll be interesting i don't know if i'm going sure. to is uh the super filly
0: running
1: no nah, she's out she's scratch sick she's, done. she's scratch sick I, I keep betting against Tall Dark Stranger and he keeps winning and it drives me crazy. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. Oh. <sighs> because if I stop now <laughs> and guess what? I'm betting cattle what wash. You know? I'm betting cattle wash against him uh, again this week. I'm betting against him. I'm betting against him till he retires. <laughs> I <have to laughs> stop losing money betting against him. Funny enough, I... I...
0: So, just because I didn't want to better, like one to five shot. I hear
1: you. I hear you, man. Well, Barry. Hopefully, the uh, new air fryer doesn't doesn't conk out and.
0: Dude, there's chicken wings in there right now, waiting for this thing to. End.
1: That's kind of unfair to mention that, but
0: Hey
1: man, you can always oh, come up nice. here, man. I
0: got plenty of room.
1: Soon enough, soon enough. We'll be doing a we'll be doing a, a big Monday live.
0: Oh, see, that's what we gotta do. From
1: the beach. From the beach. Uh the beach is a little too loud. Uh, depends. The, the 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 background noise will kill us. I mean right now it's like four hundred and eighteen degrees in the room I'm in because I had to turn the air conditioning off. It's like <laughs> I've lost like four pounds. It's even it's even even despite it's eating the low. even despite eating the ice cream, I've still gained or excuse me, lost like four pounds. But uh But we'll be doing it next week. Breeders Cup and uh Whatever else, whatever other dumb idea the industry comes up with, we can chop it up.
0: All right, that's that's a bet. Uh, I mean, I'm actually kind of excited for the Breeders' Cup. Um,
1: I, I think I, it's going to be a good. It, it's going to be a good two days of. Uh, there's so many. I mean, even the two-year-old fillies. There, there looks like there's three or four solid contenders in there. We're
0: gonna sniff out a winner or two. That's all you need. All you need is one. You can construct everything around that one.
1: Dollar and a dream.
0: That's it. 24 bucks. Get you 32K.
1: I'll be happy with 300 bucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Beggars can be choosers.
0: Especially if there's a chalk fest. You might be uh, as an overlay to get that 300.
1: Yeah. I don't know, I don't, it doesn't look like a Choss Fest kind of year. It looks like, I mean, Monomoy Chaos. Girl would be a big it's favorite. It's, it's run Sha- Jackie's Warrior would be dammit. a big favorite, but you never know. Now, if you can
0: bet against that horse, then you're really doing something.
1: Well, you never know.
0: I'm game. I'm trying to find somebody to beat me.
1: You ain't going to make a lot of money betting on the (laughs) choksters.
0: I think, I forget who the hell said this, but they said, uh,
1: three to five doesn't pay the rent. Harvey Pack used to say, never a man alive paid the mortgage at three to five. (laughs) Probably a derivative of that. Yep. Listen, three to five is, is, Exactly. If you want to bet chalk, just bet against the Jets. Oof. That's easy money. Yes. I hope they win a game, though, to kind of make all those people that are tr- trying to trying to say, well, it's okay because we're going to get the quarterback from Clemson. I-, I just hope that they lose a game and then they got to sweat it out or they actually win a game. Though, at this point, it doesn't look like that's going to happen.
0: Well, check this out. One of my good friends who lives in the Tampa area is a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Okay? Yeah. I got a W. He's a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Okay. And also a Jets fan. How I don't understand
1: this, ah. but it's
0: it's bizarre.
1: That's a, uh, an odd, that's an odd trio.
0: <laughs> strange bedfellows.
1: Very strange. Especially considering how good Tampa Bay uh, the Buccaneers looked. With Tom lately. Brady, the yes. greatest. Remember after after two gra- after two games everyone was saying Brady was just a system oh, quarterback shit. for Belichick? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. They said the same thing about Gronk. Yeah. He played phenomenal. The Gronkster. Well, just remember the Gronk went to the finest institute of learning in the United States. Yeah, with a good old Sanctions Sean Miller. <laughs> Hopefully, this is enough to get rid of him.
0: Doubt it. <sighs> Why would they get rid of him? He's doing the job.
1: He's not getting to Final Fours. We need to get to Final Fours.
0: <sighs> yeah. Well, you need another. You need to get Aaron Gordon back to do that.
1: He still has a year of eligibility. <laughs> 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 the sweet sixteen and then done. You know the the, the, the Aaron Gordon. Today's Aaron Gordon. The 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 sad part is they got all those sanctions and they still got no final fours out of those. I mean if you're no. gonna get sanctioned at least they you know paying all those dudes and <laughs> not not even get a sniff. That's what I mean. It's like man like do we gotta pay guys to win the Pac Ten tourney? That that's all we're getting out of it I don't know but I don't even know if they're going to play college basketball the way it sounds it doesn't sound promising no and you know there's 370 freaking division 1 teams <laughs> think about the people involved and the personnel and and the referees and you're talking well, you're talking tons of people well it goes
0: to the the term I'm gonna say I, I started is uh, COVID soup. Yeah. That's what that is. Maybe passing it around to each other.
1: I mean, think of them. They're playing two or three games a week. You got the referees. You got travel. You got you know, hundreds of teams. Hundreds. Even if they just restrict it to league, and uh, I mean, it's still, it's, uh, it's still gonna be. I mean, I heard that there was a concept of, of having everybody getting in the tournament this year, but I, I've never heard anything since that about yeah, well, what the plan would make it be. Yeah, well, that far
0: without the whole team getting wiped out.
1: Yeah. A number one seed's never lost to a number 372 seed ever. That'll be what we'll be hearing. Well, Barry, thank you for your time, as always. Your, always a pleasure, my man. Your insightful input. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, I'll go with that. That's that's what we're going to designate you as, the the air-frying, insightful inputter.
0: Right, with, with, with my name wrong on the podcast.
1: <laughs> Half-brother to Dave Spears last week.
0: That's right, that's my guy. Shout-out to Dave. Ah. Uh,
1: Shout out to Dave, who's probably at a bar right now. Fireball. <laughs> if, if it's it's probably past fireball time. <laughs> probably <be> Uber time. <laughs> uh, Monday. He's probably watching the Monday night game. I, I haven't even watched. I I actually my, my weekly fantasy football update. No one cares about. But I played a guy, and like every guy, he this guy had. This week was like Jim Brown. It was like unbelievable, like guys I never even heard of, and they get like 13 catches. Like, yeah, I was watched. I was like looking at you know you could keep going back in the matchup and I'm like, who is this guy? Where did they get this? How did he know? And the guy's record was like two and four, two and five going into it. The guy, you know. Oh well. Oh well. I needed some guy named Henderson today. For the Chargers, he needed to score like six touchdowns for me to win. Oh, so you were not going to win, is what you're saying? Pro- probably didn't happen. Or no, no, not the Chargers, the Rams. I get that all mixed up now. That that that. It's it screws me up that the Los Angeles, the the Chargers are now Los Angeles, and not just the Rams.
0: Yeah, it's pretty strange. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't like it. It's 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 weird, but. Uh, yeah, and the Rams are going to play at Hollywood Park. They play at Hollywood Park now. Uh, that hurts my stomach. It's kind of a slap in the face, but... Life goes on. All right, Barry. Well, thank you, and, uh... Looking forward to next week. All right, I'll be ready. All right, I think. You got it. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. And, uh, thank you to Barry. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh... Next week's show, we we should have a uh, a lot of insight into some of the Breeders' Cup races. It's probably too much to cover all of them, but uh, we'll we'll pick and choose, or we'll try to find out some information. Try to find out uh, who's looking good and who's not looking good, and anything else that we can pass along. But um, appreciate you listening, and uh, again, uh, if you have any input. At all, good, bad, and different. Going in circles podcast at Gmail, or you can get me at Twitter at uh, cannonshell, or you can also comment on the link that we'll be putting up for this show uh, on Facebook. And uh, we'd like to hear if you have anything you you want us to cover. You want me to talk about. Uh, find out about uh, for tonight's show, the Monday show, or for the Tuesday show. We, um, we got a lot of good feedback on the spectacular bid show we did last week, and I do want to do a couple more of those uh, those shows, um, you know, featuring great horses of the past, because uh, there's a lot of really good horses and uh, whose stories have kind of gotten uh, forgotten. And uh, I think a lot of people would like to hear about uh, some of the their favorites of the past, and for new people to hear about some of the great horses of the past and some of the amazing things that uh, that they did. So, like I said, going in circles podcast at Gmail or Cannon Shell at Twitter or uh, at Facebook, uh, going in circles podcast page or group. And uh, again, I appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.